If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, August 18th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr., and I'm joined by the number one Kingdom Hearts fan I know, Cam Hawkins. Happy to be here. And I want to say, I feel like I should be on the show more, not because of me, but because of news. Because oh, the, yeah. the first time I was on the show, the Blitz Chung, Blizzard finally like said something about the Blitz Chung stuff. And then the second mm-hmm. time, during the show, Sony announced that they acquired Bungie. And now, you know, we were planning on talking about some other stuff. And now this Embracer Group stuff came out and we're just like, well, this is huge. Yeah, let me tell you, it's been fun because, um, you know, recently I've taken over the, the helms of uh, producing every episode of KFTD. And so it's been a, it's been great because now, like, I can go in the night before and plan ahead and figure out, like, all right, we're going to have Cam on. And it looks like the, the Soul Hackers 2 uh, review embargo is up. We'll, we're going to make the headline and the main topic of the show, Soul Hackers 2, and talking about, like, is it the next persona? Yeah, talk about Cam's review, all that all that stuff. When I tell you that I have changed the headline to this episode <laughs> multiple times since last night, because we have a lot to talk about. In fact, we're not even going to waste time to, uh, getting to it. Today's stories include Dead Island 2 has been resurrected, Embracer has become a black hole, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us if we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash go wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show Housekeeping for you, a new kind of funny games cast is up right now with a wild cast. It is me, it is Snowbike Mike, it is Barrett Courtney, and it is Janet Garcia. And it's a very special kind of feudy episode of the show. A lot of people have requested uh, that we do something kind of feudy that is not uh, locked onto the Patreon. And since Greg, Tim, Andy were out, nobody can stop me, I decided to do a full a full on episode with a big, big game of kind of feudy and so go check that out if you've been wondering what all the hype is about for me it's one of my favorite episodes of the games cast uh because it's just a good old time and also we talk about game impressions of course so we talk about fortnite dbz we talk about roller drum review impressions we are ofk review impressions and a whole lot more it is a jam-packed episode and you can catch that right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe and speaking of youtube.com slash kind of funny games uh ps i love you xoxo is recording a bit later today and we're talking about what we want from playstation's next showcase of course it's not been announced yet this isn't like a leak or this isn't like insider information or anything we just know that it's probably going to happen because playstation has been doing a big showcase every single year uh and so we want to talk about what we want to see from it uh it's going to be me and janet barrett's going to be on the on the ones and twos and we want your 
your thoughts. Uh, so write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Let us know what games or announcements you'd like to see at PlayStation's next showcase. And we'll talk about your write-ins on the show. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Guy V, and The Saboteur. Today we're brought to you by Shopify and Uplift, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have 10 stories today. Holy shit, a baker's dozen. One of the, uh, a very high news day. I know we've had higher news days than this, but this is, I feel like in the last what, a couple years of KFGD as we've been, you know, finding our flow with the show, as we've been refining the show and all that stuff. It's rare to get in the double digits of news stories. And again, it happens because Cam Hawkins is here. Every time Cam comes through, we have a gigantic news day. Um, but before we even hop into the news, Cam, I wanted to get through all the rigmarole because, again, a lot to talk about. But, yeah. one, shout out to your shirt. I like your shirt. Directed by right. Sam Raimi. Yeah. Fantastic. Be- best uh, Spider-Man uh, film. You know, oh, I don't yeah. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man 2. Hey. How are you, uh, Cam? Things are things are going good, you know. Like I just, uh, you know, getting some more work at IGN. That's great. You know, the grind continues, but uh, I'm, you know, can't complain. Can't complain. Nice. You reviewed Soul Hackers too, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Is that your first review that you've done for IGN? Or have you no, done I've, I've done a few smaller ones, but this is like the first, like what I feel like AAA, you know, title that um, I'm, you know, obviously like I'm, I'm super, super happy to review any of the games that IGN offered to me. Um, but this mm-hmm. is like this feels like different just because it's like a bigger a bigger game than the two that I've done before. I did Astria Ascending, which was like a JRPG that like a kind of double A JRPG that came out um, last year, I think. And then um, uh, Monarch, which was a new JRPG from uh, the people that basically created Shimigami Tensei. It was like they mm-hmm. had like a new studio, and they're also the team. I don't know if it's the same team, but that that studio's uh, uh, developing uh, the Diofield Chronicle game that from Square Enix that's coming oh, out shit. next month. Yeah, that's so cool. it's the same studio that's working on that. Hell yeah. Uh, well, Cam, people should, of course, know you because you've been around, right? You've been on the show uh, a few times before. And also, you, you're you on IGN. You've been on Unlocked. You've done quite a few um, spots on like shows and different things around the games media uh, side of the industry. But for people who might not know somehow who Cam Hawkins is, who is Cam Hawkins? Oh, man. Uh, I'm just a guy that loves video games and hopes to make it like full time in this industry just because I love talking about video games. I'm passionate about it. Um, I am the I'm still the kind of funny packs intersight champion, obviously, because of COVID. There hasn't been time for that. Um, but I was hoping those can come back this year, but it, it is what it is. I'll hold on to the trophy for another year. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I um, I'm a big Kingdom Hearts fan. I have a Kingdom Hearts podcast, Unlocking Kingdom Hearts, which is kind of like a uh like a book club podcast but it's supposed to encourage people that like have always wanted to take a shot into kingdom hearts but have felt overwhelmed by the amount of games and like the you know the consistent criticism of its uh convolution in the story and you know we have jonathan dornbush over at ign alexa ray korea who is a literally wrote a book on kingdom hearts and kevin diaz who's like a newbie from playstation source he's a newbie um who uh who's who's wanted to play the game get the games and we're just like all right let's do this podcast let's make it like digestible for people who are new to the series and always wanted to give it a shot because you know the xehanort saga is over we're getting kingdom hearts 4 soon and uh that's super exciting as well so yeah i'm just a guy who loves video games hell yeah well i'm excited to talk to you about video games because again there's a lot to talk about starting with story number one embracer group acquires everything uh this comes from tom warren at the verge 
Embracer Group has embarked on an acquisition spree today uh, that includes limited run games, Tripwire Interactive, and the IP rights to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. There are five acquisitions in total today, alongside a sixth undisclosed deal for a company in the PC and console gaming space. The Lord of the Rings and Hobbit rights mean Embracer now has control over movies, video games, board games, merchandising, stage productions, and even theme park rights for the Tolkien fantasy franchises. Insane. This includes right. Uh, this includes Amazon's very big and expansive take on Lord of the Rings that will debut on Prime Video on September second. Embracer notes that it could even explore quote additional movies based on iconic characters such as Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel, ooh, Eowyn. I don't, I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. I don't know how to pronounce that one. Eowyn <laughs> uh, and other characters from the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien. End quote. Embracer is a huge publishing group uh, that recently acquired big names like Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and Thief, and already operates more than 100 studios, including Borderlands developer Gearbox, Saber Interactive, and THQ Nordic. Saudi Arabia recently bought a $1 billion stake in Embracer, around 8% of the company's shares. Uh, Embracer's addition of Limited Run Games opens the door to more physical games across its studios and games, as Limited Run is well known for collector's editions and it often enables smaller developers to be able to create physical copies of their games. Tripwire is known for Killing Floor, Main Eater, and Rising Storm. The huge publishing group also announced today the, uh, the acquisition of home karaoke system Syntrix and teardown developer Tuxedo Labs. The five acquisitions announced today are around $577 million in total upfront costs, and there's even a sixth secret purchase that Embracer isn't disclosing yet. Quote, Embracer has entered into agreement uh, to acquire another company within, within the PC slash console gaming uh, that, for commercial reasons, is not disclosed today, end quote, explains a financial filing. It continues, uh, the purchase price for this undisclosed acquisition is in the range of being among either the third or fourth largest of the transactions, end quote. Cam, nanobiologist writes into patreon.com slash games just like you can and says, hey guys, clear my throat. <clears> throat. What the fuck just happened? Uh, at, mid <laughs> at midnight, 9 p.m. for the uh, Lamos on the West Coast, Embracer just went on a, on a, a drunk sp spending spree and bought how many studios and the entire IP rights for Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit franchises? What is going on? Is this consolidation even scarier as these smaller studios are being swallowed up in droves than what we thought with the with the Activision Blizzard acqu uh, acquisition? What is Embracer's big plan? World domination next Thanks, the nanobiologist and Embracer Group subsidiary. Cam, there's a lot to dig into in, into here. Where do you want to start? I think I want to talk about the Lord of the Rings stuff because I feel like that is the biggest news. The little like, yo, they bought the entire IP, not just like certain rights to the IP, the entire IP. So like, it it kind of gives me the same feelings of what Microsoft and PlayStation and Nintendo have been doing in recent years and they're trying to broaden their horizons with their ip they want to like implement things outside of video games with television shows like you know we got the nintendo theme park from universal like other ways to expand and broaden their horizons because gaming is like a much bigger thing now so it's just like okay we should profit off of these off of the popularity that gaming has gotten gaming's the biggest it's ever been so like I, I could see Embracer Group kind of sitting down like the chairman or whoever was in charge of this and be like, what's a big IP that we can get our hands on completely and do something similar, you know, because mm. a lot of the other big IP have already are, you know, aren't going anywhere. Marvel's with 
up Disney, you know, DC is with Warner Brothers, Harry Potter is through a WB. Um, you know, there's just so many big things that have already been taken, but Lord of the Rings is just kind of sitting there all nice and clean. So uh that makes sense to me. That's like kind of the mentality I have on it. What do you think, Bless? I, I I mean, I think it makes sense from the fact that like as a big company, I'm sure any big company that is in in entertainment would like to have Lord of the Rings. Because Lord of the Rings is a huge thing, right? The article points out the Amazon show that is happening, right? And Lord of the Rings is one of those franchises that I think is just infinitely you can make products with, right? It is a Harry Potter. It is a Marvel. It is a Star Wars. You can make Lord of the Rings products for days. And like they mentioned in the quote here, right? Like, you know, we can explore additional movies with iconic characters like Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Gollum. And like, as the list goes on, I'm like, all right, I don't know some of these names. And that's on me because I'm not seeing Lord of the Rings. But the fact that. Wait, what? I'm, yeah, I don't want That's oh, not my type of thing. You don't need to. That's not my type of thing. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I'm going to take long. nine hours out of my day to watch a trilogy. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. And then another 10 hours pop. to watch another trilogy. And they're just you know? walking, bless. It's ridiculous. I'm not, not trying saying... to find a ring. Gollum was over here like, my precious. And I'm like, I get it. Like, here's the thing. I was I was Lord of the Rings hater, too, uh, for mm-hmm. a long time. And I, you know, I was visiting my family in England. Like, this is years ago. But the trilogy was already out and everything. And I, you know, I just saw that my my nanny, my grandma, that's a British term for grandma, she, uh, she had, like, the whole thing there. And I was just bored. I'm, like, a kid doing nothing. So I watched, I like, I watched them all in one sitting. I was just completely blown away. It, like mm. you should watch it. Like don't you Here's don't have to marathon it. Just one by one. You know, like give it time. For me, and I, I'm not even a Lord of the Rings hater. It's just the fact that I know myself. I am not a fantasy sure. person. When sure. it comes okay, to high fantasy, like I I didn't watch Game of Game of Thrones for the a similar reason, right? Like okay. I know I know what it is. I know who it's for. But it takes it, it takes a certain something on uh, for a fantasy thing to get get to me. Like even The Witcher Witcher Three is one mm. of one of the most revered games of the last generation Combat that is a game that like i really had to sit down and kind of make myself play a bit and i really i ended up enjoying it at the end of the day but also if witcher 3 which i acknowledge is one of the most fantastic games ever not one of my favorites because it is mm. still what it is right it is fantasy harry potter is another example of something that was able to to get me in but you know that required hogwarts being this cool concept of a school and like mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. all the cool bits that make her that makes harry potter cool mm-hmm. the fiction right to, to get me in uh sure. like there are levels of fantasy that i'm willing to get into but yeah when it's like oh we got orcs and hobbits and dragons and it's a lot deeper magic. It's a, yeah it's a lot deeper than like something like harry potter for sure yeah but that that said right like i i definitely understand how much of a known quantity and a beloved quantity that lord lord of the rings is and when i read through the names of we can make a gandalf movie we can make an aragorn movie we can make a Gollum movie i'm like yeah you probably can i'm sure any of those are going to uh pop off and make high revenue for you um and so i think that makes sense that they're that uh, why they'd want to acquire lord, lord of the rings i think the crazier thing is the fact that embracer group this you know huge co- or corporation that spawned from the ashes of thq that was formerly just called thq nordic are the ones that now attain not just the video game rights but the movie rights the, the publishing rights the book rights yeah. the, like i don't actually I don't know about the books uh but like all these different rights to this ip that is so much bigger than video games like that's crazy that's like if ubisoft came out and we're like oh yeah we acquired star wars or some shit like that right like this is fucking crazy um and to to nana's question of what is embracer's big plan here i think that's the question that 
all of us have been asking for the last however many years as Embracer Group has just been acquiring studio after company, after game, after IP, after the, the I don't know if they have a plan. I, I, if I had a guess, I'm of two minds with this one. I think they're just gobbling shit up just to see like what works, right? Let's just expand and everything will figure it, itself out because we have enough money to just expand and be this world eater i'm sure there's a great marvel reference i can make like what's the the guy that eats universes right let's be that let's just continue to gobble up these different <laughs> organizations and gobble up these universes and it'll all work out in the end because we have money and we're buying things that produce money i think that's on one hand on the other hand i could see how some of these things would play together i think acquiring limited run games is not a bad idea for a company that has all these IPs and all these studios that are making games. If you can go to limited run games and go, hey, for all of our games that we're producing under Embracer Group, we are going to have a limited run games, dope ass physical package that's going to go alongside it. I could see where the connective tissue would be there. I could see uh, how if Embracer Group now having the IP rights to the Lord of the Rings, I could see how you would take that and spread it around maybe your different game studios to, to try and make a Lord of Rings game franchise while you're also f for sure doing the movie stuff and the, uh, and the other stuff as well. I think there's a lot of synergy that can be had here, but I also, I don't think they're thinking about it that methodically. I think they're just buying shit and like just making profit, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, Lord of the Rings is a really big IP though to, I, I guess uh, to me to just be like, all right, we'll spend like, I guess the rumor is like $2 billion on, on this deal. It's like, that's not like a small sum of money. First off, that's a steal for that IP, if you ask me. But also mm -hmm. like the, like, yeah, it's just, I feel like that there was more thought to that one. But like, there's some other ones where it's like, yeah, sure, why not? Um, And I do also want to clarify that they do not have the book rights. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. Okay. Yeah, as I that. said, it, I was oh. like, oh, I, I don't know if you can actually acquire the Lord of the Rings book rights yeah, as, easy, but, as easily. But yeah, yeah. But everything else, which is still crazy. Um, so Absolutely yeah. Wild. And uh, yeah, with limited run games, uh, that's really smart of them. Because I feel like, especially with THQ Nordic, uh, from what I've just noticed, as someone who collects, as you see, I collect a lot of things. I feel like mm -hmm. there's collector's editions don't really like sell well. Um, I see like them on like clearance a lot or like I see that they don't sell and like having limited run I've spent way too much money from them I give them too much of my money that has these really dope collector's editions to kind of take that take over that and hopefully can still do what they've been doing and like do physical releases of like more indie titles and more uh, niche titles uh, alongside that is is great you know as long as limited mm -hmm. run is I think that as long as Limited Run is doing what they still do, which is like, I think, you know, preserve physical media, uh, physical video games for games that like get digital releases only uh, um, initially, then I'm okay with what they're doing. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I, I think there's, when it comes to consolidation of the industry and acquisitions and companies gobbling up other, other companies, there's a lot of fears uh, that come with that, understandably so. And I think rightfully so. I think one of the, yeah. one of the fears that does pop up often is, oh, what are the ways in which this company is going to change this company, right? What are the ways yeah. in which limited run games gets tainted by Embracer Group? And I don't think that's much of a fear because Embracer Group is so, Embracer Group has so many things going on now that I can't imagine them now going to limited run and being like, 
we're going to change your whole thing. We're going to, yeah. you know, put too many cooks in the kitchen and we're going to have our fingers all up in your stew. I don't think Embracer has the bandwidth for all that. While they have yeah. all these different companies and, and, and things going on below them, I think Limited Run Games is probably going to um, run the same way Limited Run Games has always run. But I wouldn't be surprised now if, like, they're able to do a bit more with... I think access to funds from Embracer Group, and then also access to collaboration with other organizations that are that are below Embracer Group. I think that door is opened up, which might be beneficial. But going back to the fears of it, I do. Embracer Group is they're they're a, a publisher, or I, I, I guess or like parent company that I fear. I have I have fear of because they've not produced consistent excellence by sure. any means. Right when when we hear about a company being acquired by Embrace Group and that company then puts out games, it's always like, I feel like it's always in that double A like middle yeah. tier, you know? I, well, it's the it's, it's the um what the I'm trying to think of Embrace Group games. But yeah, you're, you're right on the money with THQ Nordic, uh, SpongeBob yeah. SquarePants Battle for Bikini yeah. Bottom oh yeah, I was gonna say SpongeBob coming yeah. out and like uh, the Destroy All Humans remakes and shit. It's a, it's a yeah. lot of those, right? It's like the the Deep Silver games. It is. It, it, yeah. I remember watching the the um, Koch Media that is now called Play On. They had the showcase last year during E3 that we all just clowned on, right? Like a lot of those are what comes out of Embracer Group. Um, and Embracer getting the rights to Lord of the Rings and recently to, uh, Tomb Raider as well, right? And Deus Ex and all these other things that doesn't automatically fill me with excitement i'm like okay are these gonna be are, are these gonna fall in line with what we traditionally get from race group i think that's my immediate immediate thought but also i also don't think they're gonna ruin crystal dynamics i guess that is that double-edged thing of like i don't think they're going to ruin these studios by any mean but being acquired by embrace group doesn't mean that you're going to be lifted to excellence no i agree with you i i, I think uh, at first i didn't agree with you but then you kind of came back full cir circle on it that like mm -hmm. i agree with you in the sense of like uh, I'm glad that those studios, the like Square, the, you know, the former Square Western division, is now under a different umbrella because Square wanted to get rid of them for a long time. They had ridiculous expectations for for all those games, um, and they just didn't. They were not the right management for those studios. And I'm not saying mm -hmm. Embracer Group will be, but there is this opportunity now for those studios to actually get the level of support that they need um in the sense of like expectations because they they release good games like you know those deus ex like you know while not a lot of people played mankind divided it was still a good game it's just like yeah. I, I i just don't think that it, it got the backing that it needed um and it didn't have like the i guess like the namesakes like marvel guardians of the galaxy or tomb raider to to like back Continue it up to live. you yeah. know so that makes um sense. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I don't think Embracer Group is trying to like, I agree with you. I don't think Embracer Group's trying to like, uh, change what these studios or, or companies are trying to do. I just think they just want to get the, um, you know, monetization about it. And like, I'm interested in seeing like what they're going to do with, uh, Lord of the Rings kind of outside of video games and, uh, television, um, and more like, are we going to get a Lord of the Rings? Like, are we going to get a Lord of the Rings theme park somewhere? Like, that would be really cool, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Things like that. Now, I want to go back to them talking about how there is a sixth undisclosed deal for a company in the PC yes. and console gaming space. 
Cam, do you have any ideas of like what you think those might be? I think the big indicator here of like where our expectations should be is them talking about how um, the the purchase for or the purchase price is in the range of being among the either the third or fourth largest of their transactions, which is big, mm-hmm. but also smaller than Lord of the Rings, which should which yeah. should put it somewhere. I mean, I I was I was looking because because there's a lot of studios that are just have been acquired and there's not many that I can think of off the top of my head that I'm like, Oh, is this company like still doing its own thing? Like, and I really can't think of any, I like, I feel like the big one, that's the big discussion has been square Enix, but like it's, I don't think it's square and, and I don't think it should be square for any, I think they should keep doing what they're doing by themselves. And I don't think anyone should acquire them. And it, Xbox it, it, it would be weird too, especially because weren't they the ones who bought the the Western Square? Uh, yeah, series? exactly. Yeah. So that would be. I mean, and granted, they could be like, "Hey, we want the, we would want this in two separate kind of deals." Because like again, Square has been wanting to get rid of those for a long time, and they sold it for an insane steal. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's Square, but I really like. I really can't think of anything uh, personally. So my take on this is that I don't think we'd ever be able to predict what it is because I don't think it's yeah. that big. I, like, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't think, think it's so a square. Either. A lot of people in chat were like throwing out like Ubisoft and stuff, and it is not that, no right? Way. Like again, no they're way. talking that would, about that would the, be the biggest purchase. One hundred percent. Yeah, like the purchase again is in the range of being either the third or fourth largest. And in terms of the largest, right? We're talking about Lord of the Rings, and then they go on to talk about um, uh, limited run, Tripwire, right? Like uh, Tuxedo Labs, who did who did Teardown, Scene Tricks, the Karaoke. If we're talking about third or fourth largest, then it is something small. Right, it is something yeah. that is probably under the radar, and for Embracer, who will gobble up anybody that just knocks on the door and goes, "Hey, do you have money?" We're not going to predict this, right? Like nobody. It's going to be one that they announce, and everybody goes, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah, like, it's, it's not going to be a big, a big uh, acquisition. This one. Yeah, like if I'm thinking of like a smaller studio that like I, if if I like was in charge and I was like, oh, I would want these people under my wing because they make quality games and um, they're well recognized in their space. It'd be like Yacht Club. Like Yacht Club games would be small, mm. but, like oh, still big yeah. enough where I'm just like. Yeah, these guys make incredible. Like, I still, I still see like Shovel Knight as kind of like the face of indies, like in this modern age. Um, and so, like for me, uh, you know, Shovel Knight has amiibos. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. I think that that property and like the other IPs that you know, Mina the Hollow War looks great, and like just the creativity that Yacht Club is doing. That would be like something that's smaller around that. I feel like what would be the size of this deal? That would be, I think, a huge get. But also, I can totally see Yacht Club being that kind of studio being like, nope, we, we want to stay independent. We want to do our own thing. So, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what it is. Uh, but speaking of Embracer Group, story number two, Embracer seemingly confirms that KOTOR Remake is switching developers. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Embracer Group may have confirmed that the upcoming Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake has switched developers. Bloomberg claimed last month that developer Aspire Media has stopped working on the game and that the future of the title was up in the air. Embracer had confirmed in May that Aspire parent company Saber Interactive was also working on the game, and some of Bloomberg's sources said they believed it was possible Saber had taken over the development of the project entirely. While not mentioning the title by name, on Thursday, Embracer confirmed that one of its big upcoming releases had changed developers. Quote, One of the group's AAA projects has transitioned to another studio within the group, the company said. 
Quote, this was done to ensure the, the quality bar is where we need it to be for the title. We are not expecting any material delays for the title based on this transition, end quote. And we can all assume that the title is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic uh, remake, uh, as was reported a while ago. Um, so there you go. It's a fun tidbit for you. I, I believe that was part of this, the same exact uh, code to, or, um, Embracer group calls. But continue on uh, with the Embracer conversation. Story number three, another huge headline, one that almost became the headline of the show until this Embracer group thing happened. Uh, Dead Island 2 is back from the dead. This comes from Victoria Kennedy at Eurogamer. A set of images from Dead Island 2 and the game's apparent release date have leaked online. A new listing, which has since been key, which has since seen key details removed, was spotted on Amazon last night with the release date slated to be thir- uh, February third, twenty twenty three. Right, right, right in time for my twenty eighth. Uh, bless. Oh hell yeah! I'm, I'm Play Dead Island two on your twenty eighth. My birthday. Yeah, let's go. Let's fucking go. Uh, as shared by Wario sixty four, the listing also included story details about the upcoming game. Uh, it will reportedly take place in Los Angeles, quote, from the verdant suburbia of Beverly Hills to the quirky promenade of Venice Beach, end quote. Per the listing, the City of Angels has been stained with horror uh, with the area now in quarantine following a deadly virus outbreak that has turned residents into zombies. As a result of all this chaos, the military has fled the city. As luck would have it, however, you, the player, may have been bitten and, subs- and uh, subsequently infected, but you're, you are resistant to the rampant pa- uh, pathogen. As such, you have, you have to harness your inner zombie uh, and kick some serious butt in the, in the most chaotic of environments. There will, there will reportedly be six characters for you to choose from, each with fully customizable abilities to become the ultimate zombie slayer. Quote, survive, evolve, save the world, just another day in LA. End quote. Cameron, this is fucking wild news. <laughs> Dead Island 2 is back from the dead. How do you feel about it? Uh, I, I just love the kind of pitch for that game. It's just like, oh, you're infected, but it's slower. So you're going to kill zombies with the time that you have left. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that... Um, I liked Dead Island 1. Like, I mean, it was, it was it definitely had its problems, but like, it was a fun game. It's a fun game to play with friends um and i think at this point with how long that this game has been in development and like on and off and things like that it's just is it going to kind of meet today's basic standards of like Mm -hmm. a triple a kind of um game so i mean uh i like it looks it looks cool like i feel like i need to get some gameplay like i need to see like it go uh play in motion to get a better idea of whether or not this is like going to be worth it in the end um like i'm I'm definitely willing to try it out just in general because it's dead island but yeah it's just a lot of kind of like there's not there's a lot of lack of information right now for me you mentioned it uh, living up to the standards of a triple a game today one of the things that blew me away with this new story also is that the amazon lift listing for next gen or current gen versions has it at 70 dollars which blows my mind the fact that like dead island 2 a game that was announced <laughs> what seven years ago a game yeah. that was announced forever ago that when when that game was announced nowhere in the discussions were they like oh yeah we're gonna put this, put this out for 70 dollars the, the fact that that game bided its time <laughs> so much that it could come out possibly for 70 the audacity, crazy. The audacity. Have the audacity <laughs> to come out for 70 dollars is fucking wild uh but yeah no i think you're i think you're spot on in terms of can this game live up? I think the only thing that gives me hope and any excitement is that I just played Dying Light 2 
earlier this year and yeah. i really really dug dying light 2 and it's that's practically dead island right like if they can make that yeah. type of game then i think it could be promising the question is can they make that type of game or is it going to feel like something that is uh stuck in the past especially when you don't have the locomotion of something like like dying light uh that really gives yeah. it the i think fun action and fast pace that really makes that game shine what is dead island 2 going to do to separate itself especially when as you read through the description of the game it's like oh this sounds like every other zombie game like even dying light 2 had the same thing of you're infected but that gives you superpowers against the zombies right like that's the exact same premise uh that they have in this game and so i'm curious to see if it separates itself um absolutely wild that it after so many years of silence this is how we get its reemergence and its announcement of a release date but also i'm sure this is this is meant to appear at uh, gamescom opening night live and so i'm sure we'll see the actual trailer there on what i think on tuesday um when that uh, goes live for everyone and also i also want to give a shout out to jeff keely because i'm sure i'm sure his plan was hey let's fake him out with gold simulator 3 like, I don't know what the conversations were, if there was any conversation between Goat Simulator 3 and the mm -hmm. Dead Island 2 team of, hey, what if we faked it out, right? What if you guys did a fucking Dead Island 2 trailer at um, uh, Summer Game Fest Live yeah. and then followed that up with the actual Dead Island 2 at Gamescom Winning Light Live? That is genius. I don't know if his conversations actually went that way, but if they did, that is a great idea. And sorry, Jeff Keighley, that it leaked all over the place. Really quick, <laughs> someone pointed out in the chat. And this is now messing with me on a whole other level, right? Not the $70 for a PS4 version of the game. Um, not that the fact that this, uh, you know. this. Wait, you said uh, PS4 version? It's the PS4 uh, Day 1 edition is up for $70. So mm. I imagine that's it's not the, like, basic edition. It's going to be, like, the uh, you get some extra goodies or whatever for the Day 1 edition, right? Um, none of that. Someone pointed out in chat, it doesn't even take place on an island. <laughs> it isn't an island. That's really why funny. Are they, why is this That's called funny. Dead Island 2? Why? That's actually really funny. I did not think about that. I mean, maybe maybe there was an earthquake. Maybe it finally happened. The big one. It hit, and the whole and state LA of California is separated. <laughs> hey, it was going to happen sooner or later. Uh, let's hop in to our next news story. Story number four, uh, Soul Hackers 2 reviews are up. We got a review roundup for you. Right now, it is sitting on Metacritic at a 77 and on OpenCritic at a 76. Heidi Kemp at GameSpot gave it a seven out of 10 and says Soul Hackers 2 is a stylish, engaging JRPG with great characters, but dull dungeon design dampens the experience. Diego Arguella at Game Informer gave it a 6.5 out of 10 and says, throughout the 30 hours it took to hit credits, I kept trying to latch onto the elements that work. So Hackers 2's uh, saving grace lies in its main characters, each with a distinct personality that often clashes with the rest. Witnessing the group's growth by putting their differences aside and opening themselves up to camaraderie was a joy. And then Chris Carter at Destructoid gave it an 8.5 out of 10 and says, I wandered into Soul Hackers 2 expecting a general sense of quality from Atlas and ended up getting sucked into its world. While dungeon design can feel samey at times, it's not enough to distract from the flashiness of the game as a whole. As usual, Atlas really nails the details. It was fun to hang out with this crew and see where things went. Uh, now, Cam, you were yes. the IGN reviewer for Soul yes. Hackers 2. What did you give it and what are your thoughts? Yeah, I give it a 7 out of 10. Um, I think that, you know, I love Atlas games. I know that, you know, uh, bless you and Barrett are like the main Atlas people uh, at Kind of Funny. And uh, I've played many Atlas games and 
and while I think, you know, this is a good game, you know, I gave it a good game. I think this is by far their worst game, the worst game I've played of theirs. Wow. Um, that's not saying it's bad. I just think that it is the the weakest one. Um, and I, and I think that uh, it's, it, it just feels like a more streamlined version of a Jatlas, uh, Jatlas, Atlas JRPG. And uh, that's not particularly a bad thing, but um, I think that the things like the characters are great. The characters are the sh- the best part of this game because um, they're like um, they're a motley crew. They all like kind of hate each other, and I and mm-hmm. I and I love JRPGs where parties are like that. Uh, like Final Fantasy thirteen, like is just like that. I and I love Final Fantasy thirteen for that. And so I think that when it comes to yeah, the general dungeon design is just so bland like if you play you know for those that have played tokyo mirage sessions like the puzzle the puzzles and the design uh in the dungeons were so good and i felt like so um satisfied once i finally like got to the top of a dungeon or got to the end of the dungeon um and this one it's just you're just kind of running down hallways and you're kind of just you know opening doors and there's you know when you get to the further ends of the game there's like um this teleportation system and it just feels like it's just trying to like slow you down and waste your time than like an actual challenge um i think the combat is good like the demon stack system is good but it doesn't evolve enough over time uh because like you know i would be like 10 hours into the game and and i you know i i did like everything to that i could to get to the end of the game like i did all the requests that i could and things like that and it took me about 55 hours between 55 and 60 hours to beat it and i feel like by the 10 hour point like i got like a nine stack and the highest i ever got throughout the entire game was a 10 stack and that's with all the additional like skills and abilities that allowed it so that i could get more on a, a like added to the stack per attack but it just never like you know it just never happened and i just think that with soul hackers 2 being just you know and this isn't a bad thing uh, per se but like it's another game with demons slash personas of this of the same variety mm. that um and it's a jrpg with similar battle mechanics from previous atlas games but it doesn't do enough to stand out in a real way um it just you know it just kind of uh lacks there and again like there's things in the story that i do like a lot um and again i think the characters are are great but in general it's just it's it's good it's good it's worth playing i think it's worth playing i would play it again i would play it again it's just you know um when you have such a high quality of atlas games over time it's just you know it can be a little disappointing yeah, and that's that was kind of um, the takeaways that I had during uh, the preview period, uh, where both me and Bear were playing through the game. And I'll, Bear, I don't know if you continue playing through the game. I'll ask you in a second. But like when I was playing, I came away away from it being like, "Oh, this is okay." You know, like there are enjoyable things about it. I thought the uh, some of the the plot elements, the story elements, were intriguing, and I could see myself wanting to to um, see where that story went. Um, but yeah, like like you say, right, the combat is very much the Persona slash Atlas slash Shimigami Tensei combat that, that you know very well, right? And that comes with, oh yeah, you're catching the same demons, you are um, talking to them, or like, uh, this game has a slightly tweaked version of the way you collect demons, right? But you're collecting them, and you know, it is, you're seeing Jack Frost, you're seeing like a lot of the same demons that you see in the in the other games, and I, w- I won't say it's a, if you played one, you played them all situation, but it no. is a, 
as soon as the game kind of starts, you kind of know where the combat system is going to go. Yeah. Right? You can kind of imagine it. Um, and so, like, I thought that stuff was fine. I thought the the dungeon spaces fairly generic, right? Like they were, they felt uninspired, especially when you compare to other uh, Atlas games. Like even Persona Four, I felt like even though those oh, dungeons yeah. were procedurally generated, I like the themes of the dungeons. I like oh, yeah. getting to like a video game themed dungeon, or you get to the Heaven Dungeon. And it's like whoa, this is crazy, right? Yeah, um, I agree. You know, this game, uh, uh, Soul Hackers Two, felt very. Uh, it felt like it felt like uh, the Astral Chain, um, like subspace areas where it's like. There's a bunch of dark looking blocks spread out all over the place and you'll keep coming back here, right? Like it felt kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and these aren't things that, you know, make the game bad per se, but also no. but I do think there are things that make the game less memorable and less standout uh than other Atlas projects. Uh Barrett though, have you did you get to play more? Yeah, I, I put in a couple more hours uh, after the the preview embargo had gone up, and Hold I think on, Barrett, I might need to I might need to pause you because I'm getting a call from uh, one Greg Miller, and I oh, want to know what he's calling great. about. Greg, you're on Kind of Funny Games Daily. What's up? Talk about the Avengers news. Wait, say that again. Sorry. The Winter Soldier. Talk about the Avengers news. No, I didn't talk about the Avengers news. What's up with the Avengers news? You gotta news? look at the Avengers. Jen's yelling at me. We're at the beach right now, but you gotta look at the Avengers news. They're bringing the Winter Soldier's real. They're bringing the cloning labs. Wait, though, they're bringing the cloning. Is that the one that Fran broke into? Yes, it is. Oh my God. Nice. I'm I'm, I'm looking it up as as we speak. Uh, have you it's gotten to check news. out what what are the details? What's up with Winter Soldier? Uh, he's coming out later or whatever, but update 2.6 is coming in September. It's going to have this new war zone called No Rest for the Wicked, right? So that'll be the villain. Like, the Monica? Hang Greg, hang up. It's vacation time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's vacation. Okay, I got to go. But you'll see it soon if you go see it, all right? <laughs> all right. Thank you, Greg. That was amazing. That, that, was, that was Greg, for sure. That was, that uh, was Greg. Yeah. He, I can't believe he's on a beach. Yeah. No, thinking about no. Marvel's Avengers. It should be the happiest days of his life. He's on vacation right now. With now I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna speak for Greg because I like I like Marvel's Avengers. Obviously, it's has problems, but I I you know I played the Black Panther expansion when it came out. You know, I I I I, I keep tabs on that game. And so like Winter Soldier's cool, you know. That's it, like it it may be similar to like Captain America because you know that makes sense, but it I don't know like that, that's cool that i feel like that was something that i wouldn't i, I thought we were gonna get she hulk next right because that was mm. gonna get leaked uh, that was like leaked right um but uh winter soldier's cool like it's something it's better than like you know oh another thor or i mean she hulk we're gonna get i don't think we're gonna get another hulk but it's just like it's another hulk like something more variety in, in the sense of the heroes that you can choose from uh so that's exciting well, I guess now I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where to add it in the show. I guess I'll just add it to <laughs> new fucking dates. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nobody cares about this. the fact that as I was putting together the show, no offense, Cam, and no offense to Marvel's no, Avengers. Actually, no, no, no yes, no, offense no. to Marvel's Avengers. I, I, we have 10 new stories. Avengers made it, made it to no, none of them. Yeah. Avengers is not even part of the list. <laughs> I'm sorry, Marvel's Avengers. You had your shot. Okay, cool. Bucky's in here. I guess that's what the freshest character you've added since all the other characters have been clones, clones of other characters. Because what they added, She Hulk, who's just Hulk. They added um, uh, the other Hawkeye. They added the other Bishop, four. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, thanks. All you guys got are clones. So I guess Bucky is a bit fresh comparatively, but he's just, he's probably just going to play like Captain America anyway. Really quick, to bring the, the, to bring the show back before Greg derailed it uh, mm. on a beach uh, on vacation. Um, <laughs> I have nothing more really to add to Soul Hackers 2 other than. I probably wouldn't have put as much time as I did into it, Blessing, if I didn't get it working on the Steam Deck. 
and that's mm. like, and I and I think that's what we were talking about in the previews of it scratches that uh, Atlas JRPG itch, but nothing more really. And it's interesting that you say the characters are a highlight cam because I, I don't know, I just they felt almost like kind of flat nothingness to me. It was more just how, the dungeon, judging crawling and stuff like that. That I how, how far did you get? I'm like ten hours here. in. Oh yeah, I mean like. It, it does. It does take a while, I would say, to, for them to like real to get to the real meat of their characters. I would say. Um, yeah, but but, it, 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 but with those first ten hours, with like nothing impressionable sure. still happening to me, where it's like in the first two hours of Persona Five, in the first couple of hours of Persona Four and Three, you, you know, like you're getting you're getting hooked but on stuff uh, with with characters, and even SMT Five, which sure. like you know, Blessing and I weren't a huge, uh, you know, that wasn't our uh, style of, of Atlas JRPG that we preferred, but there's still something in there. That that like interested me more than uh, this, but yeah. uh, I, I just pretty much just wanted to say it does work on the Steam Deck. It does run well. Uh, there's definitely some uh, when you get it running on um, whatever the the different Proton version that I've been using to get it to run. There are some assets missing, but it's nothing like major. It's like the the teleporting things in the dungeon that you can uh, use to teleport back to the entrance of a dungeon. Like mm. those are oh, just yeah. like not there for whatever reason. But uh, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Wait, you said they're not there? You get that ability. To no, it's not in the in the proton in like the version he's running on Steam Deck. Yeah, oh, the, oh, like, like, the, the literal like asset isn't there on Steam Deck. Like it, it, it that's weird. Used, yeah, that's funny. So, yeah, so that's that's, that's like some emulator like. type shit. That's so, like when I like when I'm playing Donkey Kong and the fucking uh, like <laughs> bottle caps are missing. And I'm yeah. like, how am I supposed to teleport? So pretty much, like if you're an Atlas fan and you're just like waiting for the next big release and you want that Atlas itch, like I I, I think it might be worth the the pickup, especially if you can play it portably. Also, I am being uh, corrected that they did add um, characters like Black Panther and, and Spider Man to Marvel. Yeah. I mean, who but are, wasn't yeah. Spider Man kind of like whatever too, though? Bless. Yeah, oh yeah. The ball oh, everybody sure. knows that Marvel's Avengers Spider Man is everybody's favorite version of Spider Man to play in a video game. It's not like we've had a hundred better Spider Man to play in a video game. Fuck Marvel's Avengers, man. I'm tired of that <laughs> game. All right, Greg <laughs> is not here to stop me anymore. <laughs> I can't. I, listen, when that game first was was coming out, we had previews, and I I was honest with my preview. I was like. Oh, this game kind of sucks. Everybody got mad at me. Everybody were like, "Oh, Blessing's nitpicking. They're being too, he's being too too critical." Look at you now. How many of you guys are <laughs> still playing Marvel's Avengers aside from Greg Miller? Get the fuck out of here with this game. Story number five: Final Fantasy producer <laughs> Naoki Yoshida says the series is struggling. This comes from CC Zhang at Kotaku. Final Fantasy 16's producer Naoki Yoshida was very candid about the the current state of Final Fantasy. In a recent interview with Inverse, he said that the long-running RPG series was not very adaptable to sea changes uh, in the gaming industry. Quote, in terms of whether Final Fantasy is successfully adapting to industry trends, I believe the series is currently struggling, Yoshida said. We're now at a point where we receive a wide variety of requests regarding the direction of our game design, end quote. Yoshida seems to be trying to set realistic expectations for the series, which he's previously done to explain the lack of Final Fantasy 16 updates. Quote, to be honest, it'd be impossible to satisfy all those requests with a single title. My current impression is that all we can really do is create multiple games and continue, continue creating the best that we can at any given time, Yoshida told Inverse. But he wasn't all doom and gloom about Final Fantasy. He spoke positively about Final Fantasy XIV's potential longevity as a live service game. Quote, I want to keep making sure that Final Fantasy XIV will be fondly remembered by many as a game, as a fun game that gave them the best gaming experience. I also want to make sure that it will remain in operation for decades to come. And decades. Well, <laughs> decades. Could you imagine Final Fantasy XIV being still I mean, being around in 2042? Look at World of Warcraft. Like, yeah. Because like, that's the thing. Like, 
Final Fantasy fourteen is like, I mean, obviously, like World of Warcraft is just like iconic. Like, c- come on, like, but like, there, like Final Fantasy fourteen is on that level now, like of popularity. Like, it just, it just is. Like, it's continuing, continuously, like dishing out great expansions, continuous updates that matter, like to the story or to like the game itself. Like, it's a phenomenal MMO. Like, you know, it's kind of like, you know as a final fantasy game like it's it's one of the best ones because it has final fantasy in its title but like it it really is like just a top tier game so yeah yeah i mean i i'm surprised uh how uh neil kiyoshita talks about uh final fantasy just in the sense of like he sees the series as struggling where for me as somebody who is very casually into final fantasy I've like currently I'd say Final Fantasy is fucking killing it, right? Between Final Fantasy 7 remakes and the success of Final Fantasy 14 and 16 coming up, which looks like it's going to be really good. Like I, I as an outsider, I wouldn't call it struggling, but maybe the fans see it a different way. Um it's as someone who's a big, you know, Square Enix person, mm-hmm. uh it's I don't fully agree with what he's saying, but I I can get a certain aspect of what he's saying. Um as in, like, the pa- outside of Final Fantasy VII Remake, which, you know, Game of the Year 2020, they, the past few entries, like, have been pretty divisive. Um, mm-hmm. Like, 15, like, the, you know, just, I could, we could go a whole podcast about the development of 15. Like, I could, I could talk about that game for hours. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, you know, it just, it, it came out and I liked it, but it was obvious that the development, you know, in the history of that game, uh, didn't made it so that that game did not come out in the place that it needed to be granted over time it's it's in a much better place and i recommend people play it and then like you know 13 is arguably the most divisive final fantasy game like mainline final fantasy game where some people love it like me um and a lot of people don't like it um because it's very streamlined you know there's not a lot of freedom um a lot of people don't like the characters but the com i mean combat and the music in that game s tier um at the very least and like in in 12 as well was also a very divisive game and that's all the way back to the ps2 we're in ps2 territory now so when Mm -hmm. you think about it like that Mm. you know final fantasy has kind of you know been a little bit inconsistent for um i would say from a general audience um i think like anyone who's a final fantasy fan will play any new final fantasy that comes out but like for a more general audience um yeah it's it's been a little inconsistent Let's hop into story number six. Nintendo is actively investigating recent claims of misconduct. Uh, this is once again CC Zhang at Kotaku. Yesterday, Nintendo of America's president, Doug Bowser, sent out an internal message to employees acknowledging the media coverage involving claims uh, made about worker conduct. He wrote that, quote, we uh, we have and will always investigate. We have and will always investigate any allegations we become aware of. And we are actively investigating these uh, most recent claims, end quote. This message, which Kotaku has viewed and which was shared with us by a source Kotaku has confirmed currently works for Nintendo, was posted to the company's internal SharePoint account. In the message, Bowser reassured uh, current employees that Nintendo was taking the allegations seriously. Quote, We have strict policies designed to protect our employees and associates from inappropriate conduct and expect full compliance with these policies by all who work for us, uh, Doug wrote. Quote, we have and will always investigate any allegations we become aware of, and we're actively investigating these most recent claims. Bowser's message was posted on the same day Kotaku published an investigative report about female co- contractors who had, ex- who had experienced sexual harassment while working as game testers at Nintendo of America's Redmond, Washington headquarters. 
Our sources accused two managers who, who work uh, or had worked at Nintendo um, at Nintendo, it says Nintendo of workplace conduct, uh, but I think it means uh, worked at Nintendo. Uh, oh, I see. Who worked at Nintendo of workplace workplace misconduct, meaning that they got accused of workplace misconduct. Uh, and the report described an internal workplace culture that was like a, a quote frat house end quote. Good. They should. I mean, it's good that they're you know acknowledging it and um, um, looking into it. Uh, yeah. Though this is one that's been a, this is a story that's been I feel like talked about for a while now, right? Yeah. Like, it's one that's popped up uh, over the months uh, as people have been talking a lot about QA and then also specifically mm-hmm. at Q- uh, QA at Nintendo. And so hopefully they, f- they figure out what's going on and get their shit together over there. Yep. And uh, they should uh, hire those people. Like Nintendo should hire those people and actually like let them work for them. Oh, like, yeah. Properly. As someone who's like also trying to make a, a place in this space like full time like and has shuffled between several like day to day like jobs like y'all should just pick them up and if they're doing good work. So 100%. Speaking of Nintendo, story number seven, Nintendo reportedly plans to boost Switch supply by shrinking its packaging. This comes from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Nintendo was reportedly planning to boost Switch supply by shrinking the size of the product's packaging. That's according to a Nikkei report, which claims that the company will cut the size of the flagship Switch console's outer packaging by 20% beginning in August. The move is designed to help increase global supply of the console by improving transportation efficiency. I thought this was interesting, just for the fact of, like, I already think the Switch packaging is kind of small, and so the idea of that getting 20% smaller, I'm like, yeah, man, just give me a fucking, like, tiny-ass box of the Switch in, and I'll take it. I feel like that's fun. Yeah, that I mean, that works. It's also, uh, you know, better for the environment, too, and things like that, too. So, yeah. like, less less materials. Hell yeah. Story number eight. We almost got an Iron Man game made by the Just Cause devs. Uh, this comes from Logan Plant at IGN. Avalanche Studios, the team behind the Just Cause series, was apparently working on an Iron Man game for multiple years before Marvel and Disney pulled the plug on the project. In an interview with MinMax, Avalanche Studios co-founder Christopher Sundberg uh, said the game was in development for a couple of years before it was ultimately canceled around 2012. It would have been an open world game where Sundberg said you'd be able to take off and just fly anywhere. Sunberg also mentioned that the mentioned the ability to punch enemies through walls with Iron Man's repulsor gloves. Goddamn. <laughs> the Just Cause games are chaotic open-world romps uh, filled with action and explosions, so you can get some idea of what an open-world Iron Man game from Avalanche may have looked uh, looked like. Uh, and yeah, the Repulsor Glove thing I think is hilarious, because there, there there's always clips of people going to Marvel Spider-Man and being like, oh yeah, Spider-Man doesn't kill people, but then like they'll show they'll show them like fucking throwing off uh, criminals <laughs> off of roofs, yeah. and like, you know, I know there's the idea of like, oh, but he uses his web to attach them, but there are clips where it's like, no, that guy's clearly dead. I love yeah. that in the Iron Man game, they're like, no, he's going to repulsor blast you through a fucking wall. He's fucking <laughs> murdering people as Iron Man. I think it, that's hilarious. It reminds me of like in Deus Ex Human Revolution where you could just like pull your arm through the wall and just like assassinate someone. Just just completely destroying the wall. It was really cool. Yeah. And this is just a cool, cool story in general, right? Like I yeah. I would have loved to see an Iron Man game from the the from Avalanche. You know, I, I, I think you can kind of put together like the openness of that and the freedom of that and how that can uh, make for some chaotic um, fun. Uh, and I would love to see an Iron Man game in general. I know we got Iron Man VR, uh, what, last year or a couple of years ago. And that was it was cool as a VR game, but I'm surprised that outside of Marvel's Avengers, yeah, we've not gotten say, a playable Iron Man Don't ask for it because then Greg's going to call you again and be like, Blessing, let me tell you about this let game about called Marvel's, Marvel's Avengers. Avengers. You, got, you got a Black Panther game coming in a few years. Let me yeah. tell you about Black Panther and Avengers. You can play it right now. Ugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
I, I don't know why I act like I got a vendetta against Marvel's Avengers. Like Marvel's Avengers hurt my family or whatever. I just don't. I just don't play the game anymore. Um, let's hop into story number nine. We got two new stories left, both of them involving sales numbers. Uh, story number nine: Cult of the Lamb has sold one million copies. This comes from at Cult of the Lamb on Twitter. The Lamb has blessed one million players in our first week. We are eternally grateful for your devotion, and our team is committed to improving the game with tweaks, fixes, and free major content updates. This is only the beginning, as there's so much room for this cult to grow. Congratulations, Cult of the Lamb. That's fucking awesome. Have you gotten to check it out, Cam? I haven't yet. Uh, I want to play it. I just just haven't gotten the time. I've been reviewing Soul Hackers too. That has been my oh, life yeah. for the past three weeks. As someone you know who has a day job, I'm like, I gotta do this, and then I gotta play five hours of Soul Hackers too, at least. So. Yeah, yeah. When you're when you're playing through a JRPG, that becomes the whole like all your attention. Yeah. Last month, I did um, reviews of Live Alive, As Dust Falls, and uh, Stray at the same time. And when I tell you that, like, how? I I had to like take a week off from Live Alive is basically how. Right? I was like, all right, I just gotta <laughs> put this down because Live Alive was demanding all my attention. Um, but yeah, no, reviewing JRPGs are, are no is no joke, especially an Atlas one that will take you like fifty hours to get through. Um, and so I totally understand that. But you should get around to it sometime because yeah. the game's pretty cool. Final news story. Story number 10. Elden Ring has shipped 16.6 million copies as of June. This is uh, from Nibel via GameBiz.jp. Uh, Elden Ring has shipped 16.6 million copies worldwide since the end of June, uh, according to Bandai Namco's most recent sales reports. Uh, and to be clear, right, that is by the end of June, or I guess... Yeah, as as of the end of June, right? Like that's when those numbers uh, are from. So it's now exceeded way beyond sixteen point six million copies. You got to imagine, but even that yeah. is a wild number sixteen point six million. Like, insane, insane. And compared, I had a had a tweet pulled up from Benji, right, where he talks about how yeah, if you want to compare that to other Souls games, Dark Souls three sold ten million in four years, and Sekiro sold five million in a year and four months, right? That is compared to Elden Ring selling sixteen point six in four months. Absolutely insane numbers. Good on you, Elden Ring. Cam, I can't wait to see when the next uh, From Software game releases and what those sales numbers are like. But that release is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. And before we get to out today, I want to let people know about patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Shopify, who powers all of the merch on kindoffunny.com slash store. Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale, including Kind of Funny and Rooster Teeth. Shopify has thousands of integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots and beyond. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Go to shopify.com slash KF games. That's all lowercase for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Again, that is shopify.com slash KF games. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash KF games right now shopify.com slash kf games now andy 
take it away. Shout out to Uplift for sponsoring this episode. I've been using my Uplift desk for well over a year now. I love the thing so much, I decided to write a rap song for them. The build quality is real good. It's made of real high quality wood. They didn't ask for it, I just did it anyway. Getting my Uplift desk immediately improved my mood. Whenever I'm on shows, I'm standing up, I'm feeling a lot more energetic. And also, I kind of feel like I was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day. I would move my legs up, I'd sit underneath my legs on my chair, and eventually all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me. Choose from laminate, whiteboard, bamboo, solid wood, butcher block, or even custom solid wood or laminate options. Uplift Desk won New York Times Wire Cutters Best Standing Desk from 2019 to 2022. And while I'm at it, I'm just going to give them an award as well. Best Standing Desk that I use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now. Uplift Desk have a 15-year warranty. They ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping. So if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, maybe you want some more energy in your life. Maybe you want to do squats in the middle of a Zoom call or something. Uplift your life. Go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift. Out today, we got RPG Time, The Legend of Riot for PS4 and Switch, Thymesia for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, We Are OFK for PC, PS4, PS5, and Switch. Of course, we talked about that on Kind of Funny Gamescast. We want some review impressions. Uh, we got Smash Boats Waterlogged Edition for Xbox One and Xbox Series X, Curse to Golf, that is out on everything, and that game is getting incredible reviews, and that's one that I got sitting on my Steam Deck right now. I can't j- wait to jump into it. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I heard good things about that at PAX East when I went to PAX East this year, so... Have you gotten to check it out yet? No, I haven't, no. Yeah, it's one that I'm I'm really excited to get into. Uh, Expedition, Agartha for PC, uh, Teacup for mobile, and then Zookeeper is out today for PC. Uh, new days for you, Ghostbusters, Spirit Unleashed, the 4v1 hunt or haunt asymmetrical multiplayer game from Friday the 13th developers, Ilphonic, comes out on Tuesday, October 18th, 2022, on PC uh, via Epic Game Store, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, and xbox one and remember that's the one featuring the one the only greg ma fucking miller uh so get hyped for that uh them's fighting herds launches on october 18th for ps4 uh, uh ps4 ps5 xbox one xbox series x and nintendo switch uh horror anthology the fridge is red torments pc on september 27th and then from at play avengers on twitter uh they tweeted out we're excited to share what's coming next to marvel's avengers new villain focused Warzone traversal and combat updates new omega level threat aims cloning lab uh and our next hero for all players the winter soldier you can read our august dev update with all the details i'm sure greg miller is just just on the beach just combing through right looking at all the details <laughs> Just sitting there in the sun, strangers just all around him, him just hollering about Marvel's Avengers, about excited he has to play his Winter Soldier. What a man. What a man. I can say this because he's on vacation, right? He's not going to pop in the call. He's, he's not going to stop you. He's, he's not going to stop me. He's not going to watch I mean, he could. I don't, I don't know the, the lengths of his power anymore, Blessing. Listen, he's, he's powerful. He's not that powerful, all right? I'm not scared of Greg, brother. Come at me. I'm the king of <laughs> Halloween, goddammit. Uh, and then we got one uh, deal of the day for you. This comes from Nival on Twitter. Uh, the following games are coming to PC Game Pass to celebrate hashtag QuakeCon2022. You're getting Return to Castle Wolfenstein, Quake 4, Wolfenstein 3D, Elder Scrolls Legend, Battlespire, and then uh, The Elder Scrolls Adventures, Redguard. And then also free on the Microsoft Store, you got The Elder Scrolls Arena, Slash Daggerfall, and then Quake Champions. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong, as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, and listening later on podcast services around the globe. 
But let me tell you what, I am refreshing your wrong, and I am seeing nothing in here, and I know for a fact that that can't be right, because we talked about so much today. Maybe no, we're good. It's, no, it's because we're good at what we do, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, when it's me and you on the show, Cam, like, they call flawless. us they, they call us the, the flawless kings. Okay. Because we look yeah. flawless, and we get it flawless. We're all on the show. Yeah, it looks like there's no your wrongs. Absolutely killed it. I mean, do awesome. but do we need to uh, make a distinction of like one of you is like a, a tall king and yeah, there's a short king? No, like, we don't need to talk about. Listen, listen. <laughs> uh, Cam is a tall king though. Like Cam, what, how how tall are you? I'm like Greg's height. Yeah, so you're so, tall like tall. six six like six five ish, barely barely like I'd say like you know six four six five. Yeah, so you're you're, you're getting up there. And people would say that you're a tall king. I'm probably I'm an average height king. Is what yeah, you're aver- you're, yeah, you're yeah, you're average height. Average height above average guy. Andy, 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 Andy's a little bit, you know. But, Andy's, but I, Andy's, I'll put Andy in my king. sphere. Andy's a short king. You know I feel like I mean? Andy's like just above short king, right? Like he's he's right there with me. Wait, me oh, okay. Oh, oh, blessing, if you're gonna say you're average height, we have to put Andy in that case as well. You and Andy are all within an inch of each other. Blessing, how tall are you? Oh, that can make a difference though. Blessing, how tall are you? I'm a I'm a very tall five eight. Yeah, five eight is average. <laughs> How tall is Andy? Five six, like five three. six? Six three. Six three. We're all average. We're all average. Okay, Tomorrow's okay. host for the show are Tim and me. Uh, if you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Mike and Andy playing some Apex Legends. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. Remember, this has been kind of funny games daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny game- <coughs> games. Excuse me. We run you through <laughs> the nerdy news each Nova. I'll try to blaze through it. I had that in there for a while. Uh, we have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.